it's not a sport. Like I don't want to see the next biggest rail. Like I don't want to see the like gnarliest ledge combo necessarily. Like sure it might be cool like for five seconds on my phone, but like what sticks with me is like like I like I like tricks where it looks like someone's trying to like stay on their board or like yeah I I like seeing somebody like try that something that's personally hard for them. I think that's that's nice to see. What is up, skaters? Welcome back to another episode of Mikey's Killer Investment Strategies. I'm your host, Mikey Taylor. How we doing? <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> Those corduroys look tight, boy. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about uh, renovating dilapidated condos down the street from your house. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is Ryan Lay. Uh, we're here with another episode of Ben City. And today on the pod, we've got Marby Miller. How we doing, Marby? I'm doing good. Nice. And uh, I guess doing? actually, I guess this is kind of a, a crux team meeting right now because we've got Alex White and uh, Kristen Ebling also on the pod. Yeah. Two birds, one stone. Yeah. What are we what are we talking about? Uh, crux wise today, Alex? What's uh, coming down the pipeline? Well, I'm sorry to say uh, we're going to fill in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back. That's solid the big, trucks. That's the big news for 2021. News. <laughs> we're filling Getting in rid the, of the hole. hole. <laughs> Yeah. Without the hole, you got nothing. I got nothing. I like to think that when you get kicked off of Crux, you just uh, you just putty up the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little bondo in there. Whoa! What if what if there was an accessory that was just like a hard plastic piece that like snapped into the hole? Like, dude, they were different colors. Oh, just yeah. Right. Um, you know the you know the Crocs, uh, the gibbets. Yeah. So late night, I bought a bunch of them and I've been trying to size gibbets that you can fit in the crux hole. <laughs> Do it, please. That'd be so cool. So you could customize your trucks with emojis. Yeah, it, and it, it'd and be it, like it, a, it, it doubles a butt as, plug for your hanger. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I was going to say it doubles as a tensor slide pad. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Remember slide pads? Should we right do that? There. Yeah. Census on slide pads. Uh, I'm into I mean, Marby's the nose slider of you this. Know, yeah. I don't think so I've I seen her. Uh, well, slide. I've never used a slide pad and my, <laughs> my nose slides are doing just fine. But what I haven't seen is like a riser pad with the slide pad on it. Ooh. Like a built-in. Like you wouldn't have to change the truck at all. You just have to make a plastic riser pad. I think that that would really get annoying though because it would like rattle because it's not attached to the truck. <laughs> yeah. Because even the tensor slide pads I feel like would break and then they would start rattling and just get real obnoxious. That Yeah, that's really annoying. Um, but, you know, you could probably scam some people into buying it. That's the whole point. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need those upsells. <laughs> Those yeah. gibbets. <laughs> gibbets at the counter at Zoomies. <laughs> Crux gibbets. Can we get a I love boobies gibbet? Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Actually, uh, when I was working at, at Freedom, uh, this guy came in and his daughter had invented, what are those things called? Gibbets? Gibbets. Yeah. His, invented. Da his daughter, who was like a, a young teenage girl, invented those and they were like multimillionaires from it. That's Damn. sick. Not bad. See? <laughs> what, what do you mean you're working at Freedom? What's Freedom? Uh, Freedom is one of the few core skate shops here in the Valley. Uh, Sick. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of us have, have worked there. It's the it's the other shop besides Cowtown um, that's here okay. in the valley. That's uh, and Sidewalk Surfer actually is a, is a good one. But uh, my local shop growing up. Such an interesting name because if I didn't know it was like a skate shop and like a cool shop just from knowing you guys, like I would have thought it was like a paintballing BMX <laughs> skateboarding place. What's funny like you is can that- get like laser tag accessories yeah, and say, like hunting equipment. Fr- freedom in general, uh, taking a big hit in the last uh, five to 10 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Make freedom free again. <laughs> God, our skate shop here is freedom skate shop. Like our Same core name? skate shop. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Isn't that, uh, yeah. Isn't that, what's his name? Dave Mayhew's shop? No, Dave Mayhew's is alumni, and I don't think he does much with it anymore. Oh. But, like, the person who owns Freedom now uh, used to work at alumni. So it's like, I don't know. There's only, like, two actual skate shops in town. And town town is uh, is Madison, Wisconsin, right? Yes. Is that where you grew up skating? No, I grew up in a town of 2,000 people in Iowa called LaPorte City. (laughs) And I grew up skating like we'd have to drive like 25 minutes to like go to an actual city because I lived in like a town. And that was Waterloo, Iowa. And that's where I met like a lot of my skate friends. And then like that's where I met Preston, who I'm still friends with. Like we met each other in middle school. And like now we live together. But yeah, yeah. I uh, I met Preston, um, who is now your your current roommate, correct? Yeah, I met. Yeah, he him. talks about meeting you all the time. <laughs> I love Preston so <laughs> no, much. Uh, I just hit him up out of the blue because I wanted to go to uh, to Iowa for the the primaries to canvas, and then I ended up staying with him for the week. And yeah, he, now he's a great friend of mine. Love love that guy. Yeah. But yeah, the skate scene seems pretty small in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, Dallas Rock Bams from there, correct? Sioux City? Sioux City. I think he or moved Sioux from City. there when he was like 13. I don't know. I never got to like see him or meet him. I uh, I met Eric Fletcher when I was a little kid. Oh, great. Didn't say he's, anything to him. but He was a legendary uh, like little kid. Yeah. Like the way, yeah, the way was, that little kids become phenoms on the internet. He was, he was definitely of that mold. Yeah, for sure. He, I, I, the, when I saw him, I saw him like focus three boards in one sesh and he was like 15 or 16 <laughs> that's, <laughs> it was sick. That, that's when you're like yeah you're you're you really cut out to be a, a professional skateboarder if you're already <laughs> losing your mind at, at 15. Yeah. going back to the truck to grab another flip deck <laughs> <laughs> that's great and so okay so then did you end up moving to a bigger city in iowa or did you where did the next part of your story unfold? Um, I'll try to figure it out in my head right now. So, like, I grew up in Laporte. I moved to Waterloo, and this town, Cedar Falls, are connected. So it's the same area. It's the Cedar Valley. I moved there after I turned 18. And then I moved to Des Moines for a couple years. And somewhere in between then, I lived in Virginia Beach for, like, a year. I don't really remember, like, exactly when. Um and then in Des Moines, I like broke my leg, quit skating for like four and a half years, and then moved back to uh, the Cedar Valley and then moved uh, to Wisconsin about like three years ago. Nice. And yeah. uh, just to, I feel like I- I've traveled a little bit around the Midwest, but can you kind of paint the scene of how, how big skating is there? Because I-, I feel like, you know, coming from Arizona, California, the West coast has amazing skate parks and, and skating in general is pretty bountiful, but you know, the parks in the Midwest, even now, like when I was in Iowa city, it was kind of like, you know, they're not, it's not, not fully fleshed out yet. 
No, there's a lot of, so it's either you have a prefab park that's kind of set up crazy or the other one is like a skate park built by people who don't skate, which those always tend to be like either terrible or amazing just because you have to like treat it like a skate spot, but there'll be like just like concrete moguls that you can't even like (laughs) roll over. It'd just be like lumps in the concrete, like in a row, like what are we supposed to do right there? Or I've seen like a quarter pipe run directly into a concrete wall before. I don't know. There's not a lot of skate parks. Like I didn't have a skate park in the town I grew up in. The Waterloo skate park where like Preston and I skated the most, it flooded in 2008. And up until this year, they did nothing with it other than like lock the gate and all the ramps were like broken and in a pile for like years. <laughs> so, which made it so, look cool, but. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that. That also instills in you a, a kind of like outcast or like maybe produces a subculture that's different than what, you know, this, the skate park heroes that we get, say, in Phoenix, right? Oh, for sure. So there, like your little clique of skaters, how many people were in that? Um, growing up, maybe like like when I moved to like a bigger town, like the Cedar Valley, probably had a crew of like maybe eight people. And then like outside of our crew, like you'd see the same just like kids at the skate park. Like every every city in Iowa feels like it had like a crew of like eight to 10 people that like actually skated. There's like, it's cool cause you can like, there's like a certain type of skater the Midwest like tends to like breed sometimes. And someone who's like almost completely detached from what's going on in skateboarding at all, but they can like boneless 360 spines and like have lip piercings and shit. Like yeah, 50, 50 almost like a time lip. capsule. Yeah. yeah it's sick. <laughs> Big Nolly three shove energy. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting though. Like I get that that exists, but like, how is it like the same in every small town? Like there is someone that can Benny Hanna in like every small town. Like there's the, know. There's the guy with the Camaro that can do a handstand like <laughs> type of skater. It's so interesting. Yeah, I love it. I, yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like I'm in Seattle. I just feel consistently like not cool enough to like be in this skate scene and whatever. Like everyone's constantly just like too cool for this or that or whatever. And like I'm just a skate rat. Like I just want to skate every day. I don't really necessarily care who I'm skating with. And a lot of times I end up, you know skating with more like beginners or people from like just like the women and or trans like skate community just because it's like better but I always kind of feel a little bit of like some I don't know I'm like man it would be cool to live in like a small town and like maybe there's like a scooter that's like part of our squad and there's a kid that BMXs or rollerblades and skateboards or something like like has a vibe like that yeah exactly (laughs) like (laughs) like it's like not about being cool it's like whoever's like occupying the skate park you're just friends there's not like divisions or cliques it's like everyone's i don't know if that's true at all but that's like what my kind of looking from it from my angle that's kind of what it looks like looking at small town skate park vibes yeah there's makes me a little jealous there's definitely not as much of like cliques within skateboarding in smaller towns because i remember when i moved to des moines that was like my introduction to like the skate scene being big enough to have like groups of different skaters that kind of like hate each other. Yeah. And it, yeah, that was just like weird vibes. Cause you had like the people that were on the shop and they were like too cool for school. Cause they're like sponsored 16 to like 21 year olds. And then like people who aren't like quite good enough to be on the shop and like, they don't get invited to skate these different places. And it just be- creates this whole like, Oh, you're skating with that person or like you're skating with yeah. that person. It's just weird. I didn't know like that existed until like I moved there though. Which uh, uh, crew did you fall in with, Marby? In Des Moines. In Des Moines. 
Uh, I was I was in between in between crews. I had like my friends, and then like they always talked about like like the people who rode for Subsect, like oh like this person's like super good or like it was they they got treated like royalty when they showed up to the skate park like the hometown heroes like mm-hmm. they're all sick. But then like a couple of those guys like ended up like being really nice to me, and I skated with them a few times. And then I got invited on a shop trip. And then I broke my leg like a month before that. So I'm kind of like imagining it like you're Katie from Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're skating with them. Like you're skating with them. Ryan over there just smiling. It's okay if you don't get that reference. <laughs> I like that because I'm I'm a guy. I, I, I've never seen Mean Girls before. You'll n- <laughs> you should watch Mean Girls. It's a really good movie. I don't know if it holds up. Time-wise, I haven't watched I have, it in a long time. I have time, seen Mean but... Girls many times. <laughs> okay. My favorite. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like a normal human. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so did you, did you kind of, did you have any aspirations of being a sponsored skater when you were younger? I think it like in middle school, when you start, there's always like, you're like the best out of your friends or like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you could do something with it. And like that dream's usually gone within a year. Cause you're like, wait, like, no, <laughs> that's not possible. But, um, not really. It was cool to get invited on a trip, like for the shop. I wasn't like sponsored or like getting hooked up or anything. I, I, I just want to interject. I, I kind of missed the era when the shop was the, like before social media, the shop writers were almost like more influential to your local scene than pro skaters were. Oh, for sure. That's hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Heath Kirchart, like co-owned the skate shop in Des Moines. So like everybody was just like heavy into America and like that type vibe. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty popular all over the Midwest though. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we had like Des Moines had a world premiere of stay gold. Like I think they only did like four in the States or something. And (laughs) Des Moines was on the list. (laughs) Did you go to it? Yeah. I love that. It's like LA SF. (laughs) New York, Des Moines. Yeah, Des Moines, Iowa. They <laughs> shut down the street. They had like a blow-up projector. Like, Dang. It was sick. A flat bar sash. Did you ever meet? <laughs> I saw Stay Gold with my mom. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was I was on a trip with her, and there was a premiere where we were, I uh, think in like Copenhagen or something, and she came with me. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Did she love it? She just loved it. She couldn't believe Reynolds' is ender. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cut someone off completely. But. No, 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 it's okay. Um, so, so talk a little bit about how you kind of got propelled onto the the national skate scene, the big leagues, <laughs> the, uh, the NSS, yeah, the nice skate shoes. <laughs> um. So, uh, I feel like I've told this story a lot and I don't know how long I should tell it, but I broke my leg in Des Moines. I quit for like four, four and a half years or something. And then when I moved to Madison, uh, I didn't think I could skate at all anymore because I couldn't, I couldn't even put weight on my leg for like eight months. And then I walked with like a limp for like a year and like, I like still can't run. So I was like, skating's like I tried to ollie once and like I limped for like the rest of the day so I was like it's not not a thing and then when I moved here I was just like before like COVID or anything obviously this is a couple years ago but it was like complete isolation because I didn't like have friends or try to like meet new people 
or anything. I just like subtly came out on the internet and then like was just by myself and like found like unity and all these like rad things going on, like women skateboarding. And I was like, okay, like this would be cool. Like I'd love to skate again. And then I just started doing like slappy nose slides on the curb and rock fakies. And then like, I was like filming my progress for myself and somehow like, I think that propelled me to like see what I could do. And then somehow I got like back to where I was again, but I definitely didn't think it was possible. And then obviously like the internet is how anybody's ever heard of me. Was it a reluctant engagement with Instagram and that kind of stuff? Or were you kind of getting pleasure out of it? Um, I mean, I, I was definitely getting pleasure out of it. Uh, I made videos of myself before, like I had like that many followers. So it was like more for me to like record. I didn't have friends. So like recording myself skate and like putting a song to it was like really fun. Um, and then like I started progressing again, which was also exciting. So just like snowballed into me, like wanting to film skateboarding and then, yeah, I guess like things just like ended up working out. I don't know. I didn't really feel real. Like I eventually had skater friends here. So like, and you have like the crew there, there's Leon. Like, can you explain that crazy DIY? I see you skating there. Like- yeah. So I'll, actually I'll go into like the first day I had friends. Cause it all kind of ties together. Um, I met this like skater named Laurel on Tinder like in hopes to find friends and <laughs> like like we, s- searching for a skater. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like that. It was just like looking for anything. Like I don't have friends here, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw like, she had like photos of her like working on like a DIY and shit. And I was like, Oh sick. Like I would love like another girl to skate with. And then we like met up before she had to go to work one day at like this skate park that I would go to. Cause nobody ever was there. And it was like, kind of awkward to like meet somebody from Tinder at a skate park and skate for like 20 minutes and then just like dip. <laughs> but I started following her on like Instagram after. And then I went to that skate park by myself. And like, I was, I just drove home and it was like five minutes from the skate park. And I saw on Instagram that like her and like these three other skater girls that are from Madison, like we're all at the park skating. And I was like, what? Like, fuck, I missed them. And like, I went back and totally pretended to like not, uh, no, they were there. <laughs> oh, what's up? Oh, and then, man. like, I, I had my in because I had already met Laurel. So, like, it was just sick because they were all just, like, drinking White Claws and skating the mini ramp. And then... And you're like, like wow, so crazy to run into you. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Com- <laughs> I, like, forced myself into a friend group in a weird way. But you kind of have to when you move yeah. somewhere new. Yeah. Anyway, we skated... Um, the mini ramp for a while. And then I guess they liked me enough to invite me to dinner. So like we all got like food and some drinks and then they're like, Oh, do you want to check out the DIY? And it was already like 1030. And I was like, sure. And, uh, that's where I met Leon, uh, was at the DIY. Cause they're a big part of the DIY. Yeah. We skated to like two in the morning. Like I came home with like both my hips like bruised. Cause it's like such like, tight transition that like if you don't land your trick you're like falling to flat every time <laughs> but i was like super stoked to have friends after that night so and then i eventually became like a key holder at that diy the diy is like eight people and it's it's really cool because you know there's like two 
trans skaters. There's like uh, Katya, and it's not just all straight dudes. I don't know. Like, and the guys we have, like, we have this guy and his son share a key, and his son's like 14. And then, like, we have a key holder that's like 52, and it just like the range of different people. And then we all get together and like talk about like what we're grateful for every time and what we want to build. I've kind of like lost interest in the building because I kind of like realized that I don't really want to skate anything they want to skate, but I still like going there. (laughs) Nice. Y'all must be setting like some kind of like world record for like the least toxic skate space. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't, I've never really been to like that many other like DIYs like that, but like everybody's great. Like, I think you're definitely in the lead. Yeah, yeah we, we, we like to think we have, like, the, the gayest DIY in the world. Yeah. The gayest DIY in the world. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to make you a trophy? Someone. <laughs> That's so sick. I love that. I've yeah. always, like, dreamed of having a space where everyone just pays a little bit every month or whatever, and you have a key. Because, like, I realize that with music. Like, I have a jam space <clears throat> that we, mm. like, share with a bunch of musicians. I'm like, oh, it's, like, 30 bucks a month. Like, any... Most people, not anybody, but most people could afford something per month, you know, it could be sliding scale and then you could all have a space and especially I mean, in winter. Yeah. Like we'd have nowhere to skate and there's, there's an outside as well as an inside there. So it's oh, like, whoa. yeah. Very sick. And is it like an industrial building or like someone's house or something? Like what is this? I think it was like an industrial building that was kind of like an office. It's like, like in the industrial area by like a junkyard. I don't know. Sick. Yeah, there's like nice. not too much going on back like there. Like, there's not like a ton of traffic. It's just kind of like tucked away in its own spot. Yeah, very dope. Very Let, dope. Would love to check it out sometime. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. A, I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, your approach to filming because I feel like there's a actually relatively unknown but rich history of Midwest uh, skate videos, like a Golden Egg and. Matt King and Gene Bellinger's videos from Chicago. And yeah. I feel like when I first saw footage of you, I was like, ooh, I love this. Like even the texture of the grass and the the concrete of Midwest spots and like the curbs, it has such a um it has such a unique appeal. I, I can't even almost can't even describe it. But like you you know what I'm talking about? The parking lot gaps too that are really oh, popular in the Midwest, but kind of sure. look like shit, but if you if you've developed the taste for it or just right, you know, every everything's hard to skate. Uh, I I feel like every like except for people who live in like Southern California, like everybody is like our ground is the worst. But like the Midwest is like just really bad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, do, what Midwest videos uh, had you watched prior to like when you started getting into filming? So there was like a crew in. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, called Mobbed Mafia. I don't think they're mobbed like M O M M mobbed, mobbed M O B B E D mobbed mafia. Alex, you should start Mobbed Mafia though. (laughs) (laughs) You could look. It's all Cedar Rapids and like Iowa City skateboarding, but like in the early two thousands, like hitting big handrails and stuff, and then like local Des Moines videos, like a lot of stuff, like this person Kyle Jordan was filming, but. I don't know. I don't think we're like directly influenced just by like Midwest stuff. It was just like doing the best with what we had and like still watching like LimeWire burned toy machine videos and (laughs) stuff growing up. And then eventually filming with like all those old crazy handy cams with like 
bad fisheye setups. It's pretty funny. I should show you like some of the old stuff Preston and I made. Yeah, it's amazing. It's got definitely, yeah, it's definitely got like a very DIY aesthetic. Kind of reminds me of like the early welcome stuff, like Chris Millick's old shit too. I was a huge early welcome fan. Yeah. When they had the big cartel. I was stoked. I like had like a welcome hoodie I wore every day for like yeah the hot, like years. the maybe the balloon logo or hot dog logo or whatever. It was like the big. Um, it was actually the big, just like blue logo with the triangle. I don't really remember, but like I remember like asking the skate shop to get them in, and then I got a board. Nice. Yeah. Um. So now, so now you're sponsored, right? Uh, you got yeah. who are your sponsors? I feel like I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> uh, Dark Star. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what energy drink do you ride for again? Uh, uh, <laughs> the Duh, energy drink. That's uh, so sick. Duh, energy drink. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, no, I I ride for Freedom Skate Shop here in Madison. Uh, their skateboards, Spitfire, Crux. I get shoes flown by Nike. I don't know if anybody who actually works there like knows I like I'm on Nike or anything. So I don't know how official that is. Um, who else? Oh, on delay bearings. I feel like I'm like missing something. But... Sock company. Don't you oh, yeah. CCS. Duh. CCS. Matt. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. CCS was early too. And then I get socks from Arvin Goods. They're not like a skate company at all, but they've sent me socks like twice. So nice. I count that. So sick. Yeah. That's dope. How did you meet Jeff and like get on there? I'm curious about as this company oh emerged. Jesus, when did I meet Jeff? Because it feels like now it just feels like I've known him forever, even though I probably met him for the first time like a little over two years ago. I like loved Unity because that like made me want to start skating again and like connecting with people through like a hashtag, like queer skateboarding. And then like, oh, I want to own a Unity deck. But they're like all hand painted and like he would just like give them away randomly. And like it wasn't like a thing. And then I, the first time he got boards printed, he just like sent me a Unity board. And that was before there started. And eventually like my intuition, like wanting to meet everybody because like I used to have dreams of like meeting everybody and skating with people. And then I eventually just like Cher told me to just like come visit. And so I did and then met everybody in Oakland. And then I take trips out there. Like I feel like every... At least like every five or six months since then. Did you, uh, and recently, I think it was like two months ago, you turned pro. Did you have any idea that was coming? Kind of, but kind of not. Like Jeff asked me to make a graphic for there. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I'd love to make a skate graphic. And then um, I sent it to him and like, I didn't hear anything for a long time. And then it was just like talking. Cause like it, like with COVID, like there was nothing really big planned. So and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, could you get me a skate photo? He knew I was working on a part because I started working like on a part by myself with like Preston and my friend Lyle here, like during quarantine, just as like a project, like something to do. And it was just filmed on like phones and random like cameras. So I think he knew I was doing something. And then he asked me to get a photo and he was going to pay me like a good amount of money to get a photo and like gave me a week. And I'm like, what's this for? And he was just like, oh, I don't know yet. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, marketing or, like, ads or something. I'm like, <laughs> I knew something was up and he wasn't going to tell me. But, like, 
you gave me a week deadline and were paying me to get a photo. You didn't know what you wanted to use it for. And then he eventually told me, he's like, oh, I think I might send it to Skate Witches. I was like, oh, rad. Like, maybe like an add-in Skate Witches. And then Kristen actually hit me up, like just texted me like, hey, like, what size shirt do you wear? I want to send you uh, like a Skate Witches shirt in like the new magazine. I was like, oh, sick. Like, this is this is it. And then I remember opening it up. I'm like, I didn't see my photo in there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, so what's what's going on? Um, and then I was just like, I woke up one day and I'm like, my house is so dirty. I'm just going to get stoned and clean my whole house. And so I got stoned and <laughs> I went to go take a shit. And then I was on Instagram and the... Jeff, who works at the skate shop, was just like, I got the new Thrasher in. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like, care man. about Thrasher. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, should I show you it? I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then it was like the ad of me turning pro. And then it just like all kind of made sense. But I hadn't seen like boards or anything. And it wasn't like a pro party. Like I was like stoned on the toilet by myself. <laughs> like looking at a picture on a phone of an ad. So I was like, Oh, like what? This is nuts. Like I called Jeff. He never answered. Cause he didn't know what to do. Cause I wasn't supposed to find out. Uh, but apparently uh thrasher gets printed in Madison. So like our skate shop is the first one to oh, get it. Oh shit. Yeah. Like weeks before everybody else gets it. But yeah. And then like we had a trip for me to come and I don't even remember what I was going to do there. Like start filming for the, their video. And then uh, I had like a part and he's like, oh, we could do like a premiere with your new part and Dana's new part and uh, the glue video and like James new part. We could all like have it outside on a projector. I was like, cool. And Kristen was there. I saw Kristen. Um, Super random. Yeah. I got the ender for my part like the day before. <laughs> so sick. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh and then, like, I saw the boards. And what was funny is the graphic I made, uh, he didn't use. <laughs> so it was, like, art that I had made before he turned into a graphic. And then, like, one of his paintings that I used to have as the background of my phone. He's like, yeah, I remember that used to be your background. So I knew you liked that painting. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I feel like that's yeah. kind of be better in a way. But maybe oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to, like not have to make the like your own pro board is your own graphic i don't know no i i yeah i loved like not knowing i was making like a graphic or like a pro graphic or something um i don't know it was super sweet to like not know and he also told me like oh we're probably not gonna have boards for like months because of covid so like we don't have your boards yet and I like kind of figured that was like another lie. He was just trying to get like one surprise on me, but <laughs> so what's uh what's filming for the video? You mentioned you were filming for a video. What, what is that process been like for you? For me, uh, a little stressful, but I like it. I, I kind of, uh, it's the first time I felt like on a mission to film in my life. Cause I've never filmed parts up until this year. So like having something to film for and like, like something you like want to film for is really cool. And like putting pressure on yourself to get tricks is like very stressful, but like also really rewarding to like treat skateboarding like a job for the first time ever. Like it sucks, but it's amazing. And it's like a little more stressful for me because I can't film here for the video. Why uh, is that? So because you don't have the right camera or something? Yeah. I don't have like a, someone that films HD. I have someone who wants to film 
like HD, but he wants to film for the shop video. So like, I can't get any traction done for my part while I'm here. Mm. Really? Yeah. I feel that it's like, I think <laughs> yeah. we have like the same, yeah. Similar issue, I guess. It's like hard to find somebody just to film you just for stuff that you want to do. And I think it's like, I think it's hard, especially for people to kind of understand that, you know, and it's, it also takes a, like quite a bit of confidence to be like, Hey, uh, you, I don't really know you, but I know you have a camera. Do you want to film me? Yeah. Do you want to spend something? all day like yeah. watching me get mad? Yeah. It's it's like it's like the most vulnerable place you can put yourself in. I like just got the nerve to like ask a friend of mine, be like, "Hey, would you like to film me on my VX one thousand at some yeah, point?" Spend all day oh, watching yeah. me get mad. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like it's, hard. it's not always fun. Like it sucks putting uh, Preston and I like helped me film like a lot of that random little part I put out. And even like that, I was like, I mean, part of it was just like mental health and then like COVID and like everything going on. I was just like stressed and I was like putting it all into skating. And then it's like taking a trip somewhere, not getting a trick, not getting a trick just like drives me insane. Cause it's like, I didn't do anything like productive today when in reality, like, you know, I, I exercised, I skated, mm-hmm. I probably got a little better, even though I didn't think I did. I feel like but, a lot of it too, is like, it's kind of you like figuring out what you can't do too. Like that's part of the yeah. process for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. Sometimes, always, sometimes you're like, okay, yeah. All four of those tricks that I tried, not going to do those. <laughs> I found my limit. I, I desperately love, uh, tricks that are about committing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I found like that as to be like my little niche with filming, like doing a nose pick on something. Like if you can get into a nose pick, like you can try to make it back in. Like, so I just like overcommit to tricks and it gets like frustrating when a trick is technical for me, like trying to figure out something and like, no matter what you do, it doesn't work. And then it's frustrated. Like I would rather like do something I know I can do on something crazy. Like, I don't know. I feel like I get less hurt if I commit to something, but I like when a trick is more about commitment rather than like trying to figure it out. Yeah, totally. I, um, I, I alternate on that for sure. But yeah, because it, it sucks when you get hurt and you're like, I wish I was trying a manual trick. But then when you're trying a manual trick for an hour and a half, you're like, I would love to try a trick that I just need to commit to. Oh, can I ask some uh, advice on ledges? So I love skating small ledges. This has happened to me twice this year. I went to 5-0 a ledge and just like full wheels on top, like landed on my back and head. Like first day of the New York trip, I like hit my head so hard. Like I think I had like a minor concussion. Like, it was just so bad. And that was like my first thing I went to do is like go to 5-0 this ledge and just died. So it's like, why are ledges so dangerous? Am I skating them wrong? Am I just <laughs> like, I don't like, I just learned like 5-0 switch crooks on ledges. And then I go to just get into the 5-0 and I've like died twice this year. So I don't like understand. I don't know. Kristen, you want to answer that? How do you not die on a ledge? <laughs> do, do, don't skate a, a ledge that's been waxed for a blunt slide. That That's uh, first and foremost. Yeah. I'm, the first one was on a marble ledge and it was just like, Oof, yeah, someone probably waxed it for a lip slide. And I like folded like lawn chair to my lower back, <laughs> like in booty shorts, just like 10 a.m. at the skate park. Well, at least you looked good doing it. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Uh, I only do five O's when I'm warming up. Cause I, I've done that before too, where you over Ollie at a five O it's very easy to do that. I think because 
we're like used to like ollieing up onto the top of the ledge for like manuals and especially if it's not a very big ledge. But like if I'm doing a 5-0 trick, like I was actually trying to learn 5-0 to switch cook the other day, unsuccessful so far, but uh, stay tuned. Uh, and it was on a curb and I definitely did one where I like ollied way too big and I feel like you just have to like stare at the ledge or else you'll ollie too big. But just like stare down know. the corner and like yes. I'm not going any further past that. Baby ollie. I'm going to buy Baby the ollie. biggest lock-in wheels. I can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like know. the other the other out you can take is just skating the ledge at the end of it and, you know, skating the last five, six feet of a ledge so that when you fall, you're just going to fall past it anyways. Yeah. Because I feel like skate, whenever I skate, uh, we have a metal edge ledge that here that is, you know, like 200 feet long, but it's really scary trying tricks that I'm super comfortable with. But when it's like you have to come in and get out of it from the side. It makes it a little more challenging for me. I'm not a huge fan. I have a I have a game plan to like get tricks on ledges that are like five O's and stuff for my part, and that's just skating a ledge against a wall. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, there's so that. Like, I can't have that full like backflip motion. Uh huh. But I I want to I want to get over that fear because. I've just been doing no slides on ledges since then. Yeah, I was gonna say the other thing is you could just not skate ledges. Who cares? <laughs> I know, I know. I I get in my head because I'm like, oh, I don't have enough of this trick for my part, and I don't have enough of these tricks. Honestly, don't even think I need to focus on ledges for this part at all. I don't. I don't have enough stalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my stalls. Do you yeah. write? Do you write stuff down, Marby, or are you kind of yeah? Low? I write stuff down. I have a whiteboard in my room and I, I get trick ideas and I try to think about spots, but that's all new. Like I never did that before I was filming for a video. Sick. What's your benchmark? Like wh who are, are you just comparing yourself to your, your past skating? Like, is that kind of how you're trying to challenge yourself or do you use your teammates as a, a kind of motivating factor or, or are you not really uh, concerned with progress? I'm way too concerned with progress and my therapist uh, it wasn't about skating, just about like everything in life. Like you should only really compare yourself to like where you've been and like how you're doing since you were doing yesterday and stuff. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't really know who I'm comparing myself to. I feel like I just want to prove something like while skating. And that gets like super stressful because I totally don't need to do that. Like I could just have fun and experiment more. But then I'm like, but I don't do enough of this trick and I don't do enough of this trick. I think just like skateboarding as a whole, you know, just mm -hmm. like watching videos, you know, Thrasher. I don't know. It's weird because like it really doesn't matter. But like inside, I want to be better than I am and I want to continue to get better, like see how far I can take it. Yeah. Do you feel a little bit of mounting pressure now that you're you're it's it's less of a like side hobby, like when you were you you know, when you got started again and more of a something that's turning into a job. Yeah, completely. Yeah, definitely more pressure now. Like the pressure is like, like stressful, but also like super nice at the same time. Cause like, you know, you always want to like, whether you're like doing skateboarding for a job, like you always want to like get better at skating and that kind of helps you like want to push yourself. But, um, it definitely has like some added pressure just cause like, I'm in this weird sect of skating to where like, you know, like so many skater boys online are mad that I have sponsors and stuff. And like, I shouldn't be trying to please those people at all, but I, I want like a big fuck you, like, fuck you. I'm good. 
know. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Well, do you ever do you ever read the comments? Like, I was curious about this. We talked about this a while ago. Sometimes I don't like to, but sometimes I just see them. You know, especially if it's on like my post, like on my phone. Like, oh, you got a new comment, and then it's like some shithead kid that's just like, it's always from like a blank profile, right? So it's usually never from like visible people, unless it's like a women's skateboarding network that posted. Then it's just like terrible, like. I don't know. Does that uh, stuff affect you? Like, how have you, have how have you dealt with that in this weird age? I mean, it affects me. It used to affect me like super negative because, like, obviously, like I've been like trying to figure myself out like over the past couple years, and like right away, like not knowing anything that's going on, like oh, like this makes me feel good, and, like this makes me feel good, and then there's like people online that's like, you are terrible, you look like a troll, go die, like it's definitely not healthy to hear any of that. And like, it's hard to like not let that affect you. But now it's just like knowing that people are wrong is like kind of bliss. It's like, what idiot? Like, like if, especially that they're getting mad that like, um, it's like not being up to like skate standard stuff. It's like, I don't know, like every skater wants to say skateboarding is an art form. And then at the same time, be like, you're not good enough and treat it like a sport. Like there's a certain level you need to be at. So it's just like realizing skateboarding. uh, There's like big, I don't know if it's the majority, uh, but there's a big amount of people, a big group in skateboarding that, that just completely contradict themselves all the time and like are upset with change and, me like continuing to go skating is kind of like that big fuck you to them. Yeah, it's like they both wrong. they both want skateboarding to be a meritocracy, but also know that the that is extremely limiting and doesn't produce any sort of interesting outcome. You know, you know, there's lots of things that are interesting, and that's you know, at the end of the day, that it's like what um, is going to get people motivated to go skate. You know, that's all that matters, and so it's like now, um, and I feel like with their in unity, you, you have really proven that there is a big audience for this you know yeah well, i think there's something to say just about like relatability in skating oh, like 100 you can relate to someone who's way better than you um in skating and you can relate to somebody who's like not as good as you in skating and just having like finding how you relate to somebody and like i don't know doing something differently like there's so many different aspects that make skateboarding like entertaining to watch and like make it fun to do that like it's it's not a sport like i don't want to see the next biggest rail like i don't want to see the like gnarliest ledge combo necessarily like sure it might be cool like for five seconds on my phone but like what sticks with me is like character and Mm -hmm. like i like i like tricks where it looks like someone's trying to like stay on their board or like yeah i i like seeing somebody like try that like something that's personally hard for them I think that's that's nice to see. Yeah, definitely. And I would say too, like uh, one thing that's hit me recently is like when those trolls kind of come out to say some shit, you know, and as much as it's like annoying or it hurts or whatever, like sometimes it's like, it's just a reminder that like, you know, we're doing like what you represent or what like non-traditional skaters like represent is like super important. Um, and it's important for like, you know, the future of skateboarding to build this out and, 
when people come out of the woodwork to like say some shit about it, it just reminds, I don't know, it just reminds me that like, okay, this is important and we're supposed to be here. Yeah. Because this is the type of shit that needs to change. And they almost like put it on a stage for people to see. You know, when people comment that type of shit on like, see like a girl's post, I'm like, oh, well, here's another prime example of why it is important that we exist. And for you, it's like, you know, it's important why you post and why you represent and why you're on there and why you're a pro skater. All of that just proves that because you're doing something different and yeah. when you're doing something different. People have shit to say about it. So yeah, Sharon, just like, yeah. Sharon, I had like a very short conversation on Instagram the other day about like those types of people in skating. And it was like very nice to hear like to talk to each other about it because like we're both like saying like this shit like makes us not want to skate but at the same time like I don't know like we found each other through it like we found all of our friends like like so many people have like felt more comfortable on skateboarding so it's like fuck you like we're not doing it for you we're doing it for everybody else and if you don't like it and you think skateboarding's getting worse than we're, I don't know, going to ruin skateboarding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was just like nice to be like, yeah, fuck it. I, let's, let's destroy what's bad about it and make it good for everybody else. Yeah. And sometimes I find that it's like, it just as an outsider, you know, reading interviews and listening to listening to interviews, it's like, it's frustrating that so much of the conversation is like about what your opposition thinks about your skating as opposed to yeah. just kind of talking about your skating. Like, I just don't, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't mean to sound insensitive, but like, I'm kind of like, I want to talk about your skating because it inspires me and it's really exciting. I do not want to spend time talking about trolls. And it's like so, so much of that conversation, like uh, it, it's frustrating me that they get to take up so much oxygen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think their hate is kind of like the reason people like us need, like need to exist and like, the reason why, like, when there's, like, some amazing queer skateboarder that, like, that person should get attention is because there's all these, like, shitty people in it and people in skating need that light. I don't know. But, yeah, we can we can stop talking about the haters. Well, part of why I brought it up is because it's such a contrary to, like, I remember texting you a couple months ago and you went from, like, 20,000 to 40,000 followers overnight. And you were yeah. like kind of freaking out about it. And it was like a really good thing, but it, it more to illustrate the kind of like how much your skating is impacting so many people. And, mm. and there is like t so much more positive than there is negative. And your yeah. skating is super unique and very well received by like the majority of skateboarding in my universe. But, um, but yeah, there's like always that kind of, uh, when there's a controversial thing in skateboarding, which a lot of it's not super controversial, um, it tends to kind of take the spotlight. So sorry for derailing on negative no, no, trolls no. for a little no, bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Marby's popularity has been amazing and like uh, super inspiring. And I just want to share a story like Matt Price hit me up, you know, I don't know, maybe a year ago talking to me about you and like sending me pictures of you. And I was like so pumped. You have like so many people behind you that are so amped on your skating and like more and more fans and uh you're doing like incredible work by just like being yourself and skateboarding. Uh -huh. And that's instead of like having to like, uh, worry too much about like, I think like, you know, you were talking about five owing and like how you, you know, want to get better for yourself. That's great. But like, you've already, you've already done it. Like <laughs> you've gotten there, you've arrived. <laughs> so <you>. what's next? <laughs> what's next? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about how you want to get ripped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so 
I've obviously like not obviously, but I've been bigger like a lot of my life and I I feel like skating hurts and I want it to hurt less and like I want to see like how good I could get on a skateboard if I treated my body nice cuz realistically like wasn't eating healthy at all and like just skating a ton and eating pizza. So I don't know. Like ever since I got back from my trip and even if it doesn't if even if it lasts like a month, like I have two months in between when I go back to Oakland to like finish filming for the video, but I just like it was kind of like a weird idea in my head, like what if you took care of yourself and like exercised and like fuck it, try to hit a handrail. Like even if you die, like I just wanna see what I could do. So that's pretty much that. Like I wanna I would I'm gonna have that double part, like the young and old cater. It's gonna be like the <laughs> It's got like old and buff Marby all of a sudden. Scott Kane the am Scott Kane the pro. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. In the in one part too. Like in one yeah. eight to ten minute part. <laughs> so sick. Throw some push-ups in there. Dude, yeah. kill. <laughs> Eat some eating some protein bars. Jeff actually said the same thing to me. He's like, I wanna get I wanna get like in shape. I wanna get like beefy. That I don't would know be if he sick. said beefy, but I think he said, beefy like, Jeff. buff. Yeah. <laughs> that would be sick if, like, all of a sudden the their team, like, y'all are just, like, super ripped, like, just, and just, like, ready to, like, whoop ass. Like, we're fucking bullies. ruined skateboarding. Now we're ready yeah. to scrap for this shit. <laughs> I would love that. Wow, that's amazing. I had another question just about your career, just in general, if you're down to talk about it. I know it's, like... Sure. It's like, what do I say? Career? I don't know. You're skateboarding. But I think uh, a lot of people assume like when you go pro or whatever, all of a sudden you just like have money and like everyone's paying you. And I know that's not necessarily like what's actually happening. So I wasn't sure if you were down to share just a little bit like how you've kind of like done some different things to like keep yourself like financially somewhat stable to be able to like do what you're doing. I don't know just- what you're talking about. I am loaded. <laughs> 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 I have a cabin um, I've just been staying in um, my winter home here. I like the snow. So you, so you turn um, pro and you got your first uh, $100,000 check from the academy. Yeah. As we all know really, that this works. I don't know if I can say exactly like how I got some of my money, but um, I, I sold some stuff I got for free and I got a, like enough to buy a van. That was cool. Um. Other than that, like both my jobs just got like tanked once COVID hit because I was a receptionist at a tattoo shop. So they don't obviously need me to take calls to schedule appointments. Like, um, and then the coffee shop was like the first, uh, like food place to like, like one of the first food places to reopen in Madison. And they asked me if I was comfortable. And like at the beginning of COVID, I was like, definitely no, we should not be open. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Like, just let us know whenever. And then like a lot of people that worked there said that. So they just hired like a ton of new people and like never asked us to come back to work. So unemployment was there. Um, so there's that. And then I've, I've done some design work. I got paid for that. Sick. What else? Just like random shit. I don't know, but I have like a decent amount of chunk of money like saved up. Cause when I was working two jobs, I wasn't like, making as much as like that like unemployment when it had the like bonus or whatever on it and then like I sold some stuff so I have like a chunk of money and I'm just like saving that for a trip but right now I'm like I'm a full-time skater 
Hell yeah. Until Sounds until my money runs out. So <laughs> Talk a little bit about your art. I mean, you make a incredible kind of collage art. Yeah. Yeah. How did, how'd you get started doing that? And what's your process? Um, I got started because I started working at like a, a copy center. Uh, I worked there for like two years when I lived in Iowa right before I moved here. And we had a lot of downtime and a lot of like different colors of paper. And like I, I would like paint and draw and stuff. So I started like cutting up shapes and gluing them together like in my like free time and then I liked it and like I did like an art show and stuff and I just kind of stopped once I started skating and like stopped trying to do much with art and I'd make something every now and then and then I started getting like asked like I I've done like a couple shows since I started making art again in the last couple years and then like people like it and some people asked to buy it so I've sold some art but yeah my process is I usually don't have like a know exactly what I'm going to do. Like I don't have an image. I'll just, I have go-to shapes and like different types of stuff I like to make. Like I really like doing pants and shoes and like stars and I like balancing the colors. So I just like start with a background and a shape and then like what should be behind that shape. And then what I like about it is like you can move all the pieces around and like, let's say like, the color doesn't feel like balanced enough that you can just like cut the same shape out of a different color and like see how it looks before it's like a final thing. It's yeah. like, it's super unique. Like I, I love it. I love how colorful it is. And I also love how it matches your own like personal aesthetic. Thanks. <laughs> like I like look at your art. I'm like, Oh damn, like Marby would wear this outfit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't notice that till recently, honestly, cause I started wearing like bigger pants and I'm like, these are kind of like the pants I do and like the collage and like, it's like, it'd be cool to like do like a photo shoot and try to like redo a collage or something That's like, really cool. in an outfit. But yeah, I don't know. I think like, especially with like fashion and stuff, like once when I first like came out and started transitioning, I had no idea like how I'm supposed to look. And so like I did like typical, like of what I thought would make me like passing, like types of stuff to wear and like how to look. And then I eventually just like had enough confidence to start experimenting and doing whatever I wanted. And that like tended to like make me feel better and like feel like I looked cooler to just like do whatever I wanted. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the collages too, I guess. Nice. That's amazing. That's rad. Uh, um, so what's, uh, what's the timeline looking like for the video? Um, so it's done. It's dropping tomorrow. <laughs> um, we actually finished it a year ago. No, uh, we've been filming for it. I mean, everybody else is like a good chunk of the people are in Oakland. So they've been just filming randomly since like the Euro trip last year. Uh-huh. And then um, like it started becoming more of a thing and they've been filming for that. And then Jeff recently sent a camera to New York. So like Brianna and Jessica and Sam could get clips and Abby's been filming them. And then I have went to a trip to Oakland for like a week and a half and then a trip to New York for two weeks. And that's the only time I've been filming for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going in January to go there for at least a month. And they want to be done realistically by like February, I think, to have it out in sometime in the spring. Because there's going to be like a – I don't even know if I'm giving too much away, but I think there's going to be like a thrasher like piece on it on the video 
Yeah, I think it's going to come to, come out sometime in the spring or summer. Right. So I sick. think we're going to be done in like February. So like I want to like go out there and be there for like a, a little longer extended period of time to where it doesn't feel like you're on a trip, get clips, like with like mm-hmm. 10 other people on one spot. Let's see what you got. Like no one's treating <laughs> so it like hectic. that, but that's how it is in my head. Like yeah. everybody's skating this one spot and like, okay, can I even do anything on this thing? And then it's like, do I want to get in the way or like do – I be like, hey, different spot. It's about me right now. Like it's just kind of <laughs> totally. like a, I, I've got like I think I've gotten like at least twenty clips on both those trips together. But like, I want to get more. I'm just like getting clips at spots I probably wouldn't even end up skating. So I've got a lot of manual clips. Hell yeah! <laughs> like long manual clips. So hopefully, hopefully it's that trending right some now. Time. I know. Yeah, you're on trend. <laughs> Are you gonna yeah, take? I've been trying. Are you gonna take the van out there? Uh, that's the plan. The van is the plan. Uh, it needs work. It needs like a tune-up, new tires and brakes, and uh, I need to get like my little outlets in there so I can charge my phone like on the days that I'm driving there. But I have like a solar battery, and like I can probably charge my phone through that and stuff. But I got a lot of stuff I want to do and kind of have to do before it's. Uh, like drivable for that long of a trip. So next week I'm taking it in on Tuesday to hopefully find out. And if it's too much money, I might have to just like fly, but I don't want to fly. I'd rather drive and be a little more COVID safe, just sleeping in my van. Cause it's like already built out with a bed and everything. So dang, that's what's up. Yeah. The, the van is the plan and then I can just stay there as long as it works or I can afford it and then just come back and hopefully avoid the big chunk of winter here. Nice. But I've also been filming a separate video part with Preston here inside the DIY because he wanted to film a full length of like the indoor DIY or like full length of, I don't know how many parts, but just like, oh, do you want to film a part for this? So I have something to like work on right now. Sweet. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Can't wait to see that. Thanks. Yeah. Who's your Sodi for this year? Tris. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Who, who's your shody, which is skater that's hot of the year? Shody. Skater that's hot of the year. <laughs> Kristen, would you like to go first? <laughs> What's just, uh, what, do they have to be like a known pro or is it just no, like no. someone I know? I Whatever know. you want. It's your shody. Uh, Nadir on there is really hot. Yeah. Agree. Very stylish guy. Um but if I'm going for like a lot, like a big pro, um, like Rowan or uh, Frankie Villani, like they're both super cute. Oh, Frankie's great too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much nice. for sharing. Kind of, kind of yeah. the, kind of the stoner guy. Yeah. 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 Like stoner, but very like very pretty. They're both pretty. Mm-hmm. Skate real pretty too. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> skate real what did you call too. that? Uh, a, Me skate pretty one day. <laughs> a skahati. Shoddy. Oh, you're you're shoddy. Shoddy. Who's who's your guys' shoddy? My shoddy is Mason. Mason Silva. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> That's why I told her I'm like, don't let me be on this episode because I'll just giggle the whole time. <laughs> he's got a smile. He's so cool. Like yeah. he's so cool. Like yeah. I don't know. He's just he's perfect. Hot. I want to know Ryan's shoddy. Sh- yeah, Ryan. Who's I your think, shoddy? Uh, I think. Why's your burl? I think my sh- I think my shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> not really Shots uh, fired. Gre- gre- greaser guy is not really my type. Uh, 
I think I'm gonna have to go with my Sodi. Well, no, my Sodi would be Tiago, but my Shodi would be uh, Tom Knox. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Sorry, Tiago, yeah. I, I had a I had a dream about cuddling with Tiago. <laughs> cuddling, oh <my> God! <laughs> Swear to God, I'll tell you the dream because it's super stupid. Uh, I in my dream I was on a plane on my way to Barcelona to skate, and he was also on a skate trip, and we got sat next to each other. And he had his laptop and he was showing me all this art he makes. And I didn't even know he made like drawings and stuff. And then we just ended up like cuddling and sleeping on each other. And that was the dream. I don't even know if he makes art. I love that. That's amazing. But yeah, oh my he's, God. he's got a very like chiseled face and yeah, very, oh, yeah. very handsome. What about, Alex, who's yours? Yeah. My Shodi and my Sodi are both, both. Alexis Sablon. <laughs> yeah. I think she's Incredible hot. selection. Yeah, she is hot. Yes, Agreed. Please. Agreed. Yeah, if I had to pick three skaters that I want to like aesthetically look like, it's like definitely Alexis and maybe Griffin Gas. And mm. I don't know. I got to pick out the next one, but yeah, she's up there. Shave your head? Could. Doesn't Griffin I'd, Gas have a shaved head? He does. He's got a tight fade right now. He looks good. It's more his pants, though. Oh, okay. Like you- Alexis's t shirt, long sleeve, and like hat. Like her upper body is aesthetically <laughs> what I want, and then Griffin Gas lower half. body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. can't get over your Tiago dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, no. I didn't even I know didn't, he made art. I didn't even know he made art. <laughs> yeah. He probably doesn't. Like I don't know. No. That was just made up in my head. Um, but sensitive Tiago. It's just all drawings of switchback tails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just tall ledge drawings, very architectural. <laughs> uh, uh, on that note, uh, Marby, you got a trick challenge for uh, for everyone out there. Whoa, I got to set a trick challenge. And keep in mind, people get angry when the trick challenge is too hard. They'll be like, kick for 5 no one can do that. I'll, I'll do a flat ground trick because I've landed it maybe like five times. Uh, Nolly varial flip. Nolly varial flip. Varial flip. Varial flip. Varial flip. <laughs> I don't think we've done that, have we? Nolly burial flip. Okay. Yeah, you just like kick straight down. I can't nolly flip, but I can't switch flip, but I've done that trick maybe like four times. Damn. I struggle struggle with the scoop aspect, but I'm here for it. I've I've landed like three in my life. Oh, yeah. One time I was trying them with Shari and she got them within like 10 tries and then I just crumbled. Just like depression. Oh. (laughs) I couldn't do it. This trick? Okay. Yeah. She always learns it faster than me. It's a good trick to uh, not pop and it goes really rocket. That's what always happens for me once I land into a manual. Yes. Yeah. I, my my varial flips don't pop like full scoop. That's kind of tight though. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have a varial flip like Dana. Yeah. TJ Shag love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, you and Dana are probably my two skate inspirations right now. Like really? when I'm, yeah. It's pretty sick. I like think of y'all when I'm skating. Aww. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that about wraps everything up. Thank you, Marby, for joining us. And uh, I hope that I could get to see you sometime this winter. Yeah, if you come out to California. Or maybe I'll drive back up through uh, Arizona. Sweet. I'll I'll take a trip down, see Matt in LA, and then go over to Yeah, please do. we got lots of good ditch spots for you to skate. There we go. All right. Ditch witch. Take care, folks. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Marby. Bye. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Our intro music is by the band Roar. Our credits music that you're hearing right now is by the incredible Alana Brine. 
and our logo and graphic design, as always, by Michael Warfel, W-O-R-F-U-L. ProFlow credits coming up. Better, happier, more productive. Never mind, sorry, I apologize. I'm new to this. The dude who edits the show said I could try out this episode, and he said it would be easy to come up with a song that incorporates all of the names from the ProFlow roster on Patreon. He's an idiot. But while I have you, I'd like to send a major shout out to our guy Sean Hannafin. I hope you're comfortable. Sean Doyle, I hope you're not drinking too much. Lars Garvey Lang Peterson, enjoy your regular exercise at the gym, three days a week. Neil Shoemaker, we hope you're getting on better with your associate employee contemporaries. Brian Higgins, you should be at ease. Stone Friesen, I hope you're eating well. No more microwave dinners and saturated fats. Evan Cunningham tried to be a patient, better driver. Luke Whitford, you will have a safer car, baby smiling in the back seat. Cameron Jimmo, you will be sleeping well. And Betsy Gordon, I hope you're careful to all animals, never washing spiders down the plug hole. I think the Radiohead songs this is a bad joke from goes on to make a point with all of those ideal practices, but it's very hard to understand or remember, because the guy singing it sounds like a computer. And not an especially good computer at that. Anyway, we all sincerely hope that you all feel fitter, healthier, more productive after listening. Thank you always for the support.